Hi, everybody. This is Indy Damaka, and in this season of unrest and illness, it is important for me to reiterate the purpose of the 40th Year Podcast. This podcast is here to educate and entertain the global audience about popular culture in association to societal issues. It's imperative to know that the 40th Year Podcast can be explicit in nature due to language. I ask if you are under the age of 18, please have a parent or guardian sit with you to discuss any topics where you didn't understand. In addition, any topics discussed on the 40th Year Podcast has been researched with the best of my knowledge. Let's start this episode. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Indida Maka, and this is episode 39 of the 40th Year Podcast. Again, welcome. Um, Before we start on the tidbits from um, previous episodes, let me again remind you that the series finale for the 40th Year Podcast um, will be Wednesday, December 9th. That is going to be episode 45. Um, Again, the series finale for the 40th year podcast will be Wednesday, December 9th. And that is episode 45 for you all who are new to the podcast. You're thinking, okay, you said series finale, correct? The 40th year podcast was created for just, um, the year of 2020. Um, it is a limited series. And so, um, my plan is to exit out of the hemisphere for a moment and um, recalibrate and hopefully bring you back a new podcast later in 2021. Um, I have not really sat down to gather my thoughts about that because I'm still um, trying to figure out what it will look like for me in 2020. So it's um, a new podcast is still a possibility. I have a name. I have like I said, the summer of 2021, but it's just really me just it's really about me and how I'm feeling about doing another podcast. And I'm kind of, I say yes, but I think it has a lot to do with the conversation of distribution and how I want it to look. Um, So I'm not sure if it would be Anchor again. Um, And I'm still trying to make that decision. But again, the series finale for the 40th year podcast will be Wednesday, December 9th. Um, Now, You guys have all heard about the Derek Chauvin situation um, in association to the George Floyd murder case in Minneapolis. Um, I was overwhelmed. I said on my Twitter that I felt like I was deceased at that moment because I couldn't believe that they actually had fulfilled one of the pensions that was brought to the table by the officers that were involved um, with the killing of. George Floyd, but it appears that they have dropped some charges um, against Derek Chavin. It appeared that a Hennepin County, uh, Minnesota judge has dropped a third degree murder charge against the former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chavin in the killing of George Floyd. But they did deny his motion to to dismiss the other two charges against him. Um, Chauvin still faces the higher charge of second degree unintentional murder and then a second degree manslaughter charge 
in Floyd's death, which took place May 25th. Um, again, he was released on $1 million bail earlier this month. And he has also been given the proxy to go to a neighboring state due to security issues um, in regards to the prosecution of the murder of George Floyd. It appeared that Judge Peter Callen denied motions to dismiss charges against the other now former Minneapolis police officers who have been charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder and aiding and abetting a second degree manslaughter. Um, the hearing was taking place in September, it appears. Um, according to the ruling by Cal Hill, he states that the jury should decide if the state of Minnesota has proven the guilt of the former officers. Um, and he felt that the state had met the burden of probable cause in charging uh, against met the burden of probable cause in the charges that were against the other officers, Thal, Lane and Krug. And so the only exception of a dismissal was that third degree murder charge against Chauvin. Um, it appeared that he it appears that the judge Cowhills wrote in his dissertation that the charge can be sustained only in situations in which the defendant actions were imminent danger to other people and were not specifically directed at the particular person whose death occurred. But the evidence presented by the state does not show that Chauvin's actions were imminent danger to anyone but Floyd, the ruling said. Uh, see. Um, the Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison, who led the prosecution of Floyd's death, called the ruling a positive step forward in the path towards justice for George Floyd, his family, our community and Minnesota. The court has sustained eight out of nine charges against the defendants in the murder of George Floyd, including the most serious charges against all four defendants, Ellison says. He says he looks forward to presenting the prosecution case to a jury in Hennepin County. So he's trying to send us a message that they're not going to do a venue change. I still don't believe that, though. If you're going to allow Derek Shaven to shift to another state due to security issues, then why would not you not move it to another to another county? to let their judicial system handle it. Um, the Floyd family is confident that the officers will be held accountable. Though. Um, the Floyd family attorney, Benjamin Crump and his co-counsel Antonio Romanucci said in a statement that they were gratified that the court preserved eight of the nine charges, including the second degree murder charge against Chauvin. The family of George Floyd has confidence that Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison will make sure that the officers are held accountable to the fullest extent of the law based on the evidence that we witnessed on that videotape. Um, the attorney for Chauvin has declined to comment to most media uh, J. Alexander Krug's attorney said that the ruling reflects considerable scholarship, integrity and worth ethic, which is appreciated. Uh, the attorneys for the other officers have not responded to requests as well. Um, they did say that the Minnesota 
government has taken a precautionary step to activate the Minnesota National Guards to make sure that there will be available, that they would be available for public safety efforts in the Twin Cities. The government says that the ruling is a positive step as well towards justice for George Floyd. So that is where the Minneapolis and St. Paul area are at with the revelation of Derek Shaven's dismissal for that particular murder charge. Um, I actually appreciate them for not going into a conundrum, but I think the fact that they were still being charged with some uh, charged with the higher charge of unintentional murder um, is probably what kept the city from going mad again. Um, only time will tell, though, because I'm concerned about Election Day. And so that's my next topic to discuss before we get into the real topics. Um, some of you all have been wondering, like, what's going on with you and your voting? Um, let's just say I have not gotten a ballot to vote. Um, to register in the state of Missouri didn't make too much sense based on information that had been given to me. Um, because of people who were caregiving and they did apply to register to vote in the state of Missouri and they didn't get a registration card. And so when they called their respective county about it, they were like they didn't know what to tell them. Do it again. And they did it again and it didn't go through. So we don't know what that means. And so at this point, it's too late to register. Right. Um, and all I could tell them is that, you know, do the best that you can and don't say never to going to your home state to um, go and vote. And so for you who are not familiar with my situation is I'm a caregiver. I am taking care of a family member until they get back on their feet. And the conversation that I had with someone prior to sending in my request for a mail-in ballot was that because on paperwork, I am stated as a secondary caregiver, which means I have, I guess to the government, I have proxy to walk off the property more than the primary caregiver that there may not allow me to get the ballot. And so with that being said, I haven't gotten one. And so at this point, it's still election day, Tuesday, November 3rd for me. And so at this point, I don't know if I see it in that manner, but you know, only time will tell. And so for you guys who are actually doing early voting, congratulations. I'm glad that you have gotten to vote. I know some of you all are saying that the lines are long. It seems like evidence of voter, the attempt of voter uh, suppression, voter denial, however you want to call it. Um, I think the thing that we're concerned about, or at least I am concerned about, is for you guys who are planning to go vote on Election Day. Nationally, they have decreased ballot boxes. They have decreased the locations. And so you have to be prepared for long lines. Um, employers who are giving your employees time off on election day, kudos for those who are essential workers. I know that is not as promising for you. Um, I'm concerned about those who have to work in the morning because you might be there all day because I expect the lines to be long. I also expect elements of violence that might take place due to some of these militias 
that have come into fruition recently. Currently, the law enforcement community in America are concerned about the increase in white and black militant groups across the country. They have been charged to make a mess during uh, election day. And so many of you all have to be prepared for some sort of drama to take place no matter where you're living at. Um, this one particular group, which they should know that this is being said about them. It's an Atlanta based black militant group called the N the NF not fucking around coalition. They are saying that they are going to do harm to any woman that they see trying to vote this election. They have been all over um, the country, actually. Um, it was an intriguing group. I paid attention to them because of something that transpired um, with another case that I had talked about on the 40th year podcast, and that was the Ray Shad Brooks case in Atlanta, Georgia. You haven't heard me um, talk too much about it because I haven't heard too much about it until this group came about. It's called the Not Fucking Around Coalition. It appeared that Rayshawn Brooks' sister had asked for their support in regards to being her security. And I thought, oh, wow. Um, the statement that they had made about the sister was the leader of the Not Fucking Around Coalition. His last name is Johnson. And they said that allegedly Rayshawn's sister said um, she took them on because she thought that this guy was a relative of Magic Johnson. And so she thought that this was something that Magic Johnson would want. I said, huh? I was like, okay. So doing my research on the Not Fucking Around Coalition, I had seen it in a number of places. Complex had talked about them for a moment. Uh, Baller Alert had talked about them recently. And so, again, I saw the article on CNN, so I thought I'd bring it up just so that because we are focused on the white supremacy groups, but we need to pay attention to these black supremacy groups as well. And that includes the Nation of Islam, in my opinion. So um, the Not For Fucking Around group, they are a group that is about black separatism, black nationalism. They want to take over the state of Texas in order to have their people have a better life. Um, it seems that the all black Atlanta based group has grown in size over frustration during during a summer of protests against questionable uh, policing and the deaths of countless black people at the hand of police. And this was said by their founder, John Fitzgerald Johnson. Um, it started in 2017. The group has been affiliated to a number of protests. They had marched in Stone Mountain, Georgia, calling for the removal of the national, the nation's largest Confederate monument. They were in Brunswick, Georgia for Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Louisville, Kentucky for Breonna Taylor. And most recently, they were in Lafayette, Louisiana, Louisiana in regards to a death in association to a young man named Trayford Pellingring. Um, Johnson has stated that like their white counterparts who show up asserting their second amendment right to bear arms, 
their group emerged as a response to enduring racial in inequality and police brutality. He said, we're not effing around anymore with the continued abuse with our community and the lack of respect for our men and women and children. This is what he told CNN. He says that this group is intending to protect protect self-police and educate black communities on firearms and their constitutional rights. We are not against anyone. And he also goes by the name of Grand Master Jay. Now, in my mind, they say that, but you're planning to shoot any black woman who decides to go vote on Election Day. I mean, you guys need to know that that's a, a rumor, though, but it's it was enough for me to wonder, is this why Atlanta, Georgia is kind of spiraling out of control? I mean, we they've had a number of super spreader events, and I am not sure what was bringing it to pass. And I would think it was this specific coalition. And because his last name is Johnson, I presume, I don't know. That's just me gathering up information. According to CNN, they don't um, large black armed groups aren't something often seen in the U.S. Um, the most well-known one was the Black Panther movement that was established in 1966 after the shooting of Matthew Johnson, a black teenager killed by police. But the group has since mostly disappeared. Now, the NFAC's leader used to be in the military, actually. And he says that most of the people who are associated to the NFAC or not fucking around coalition have military backgrounds. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find... Johnson has said on multiple occasions that the NFAC is a peaceful group with no record of violent incidences. Um, several militant experts says that this group is a counterpoint to some of the larger white armed groups in the United States, especially those that have been associated with white supremacy and neo-Confederate ideologies. Um, it appears that Johnson doesn't like to talk about his past prior to NFAC, um, but he does. it does state that he served in the military and some knew him as a hip-hop DJ and producer. Um, but records show that he served in the Virginia National Guards and the, armed, and the Army from 1989 to 2006. He was a private when he left the military, according to the Army. Um, some people said he left allegedly um, under the dishonorable mention status. In addition, they said to John uh, Johnson unsuccessfully campaigned for the 2016 presidential election as an independent, according to the Federal Election Commission. The NFAC has clearly drawn several hundred people to their rallies, but the conversation of the membership size is remains unknown. He claims that the group has grown expeditiously since the Louisville March, but he still won't disclose the numbers. So unfortunately, there is a lot of hearsay around this particular group, very similar to many of these groups. And so for me, 
it could, for me, it's important to remember that you have to be aware of your surroundings and you have to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row when you go to election day. If any violence takes out and you are responsible for the violence at the voting in the polling area, shall I say, or in the polling in the in the building, you can get charged with a federal charge with no questions asked. And it's like automatically one year in jail. So that just to keep it in mind, I mean, and sometimes you're going to be like, I got to fight to stay alive and you got to do what you got to do, though. But just keep that in mind. So if you can early vote, which I know you all will hear this because, you know, I pre-record on Tuesday. So um, know that you still have time to early vote in most states. So try to do the best that you can. And so if you are a caregiver like me and it seems a little suspect, keep your head up. You did the best that you can. Continue to take care of your loved one. That's more important anyway, in my opinion. Um, let's get to the topics at hand. Okay, y'all, so it appears that there is a little bit of funny business between um, Terrence Howard, who played Lucius Lyon on Fox's Empire versus the exec team 421 Century Fox film, Disney and the executives of Empire. It appears that he is seeking compensation for an image that was used of him um, during the series um, presentation. Um, I was kind of confused myself because I was like, he didn't get money for the image. The image had been there for much of the time. And so you're like, what image are you talking about? If you've ever watched Fox Empire and you watched it from the very beginning or shit, really just in the midst of it, every time they would show Empire, it would be that little embossed image of him. And it was the logo for Empire Records. He's suing about that one. He claims that he was not given much clarity about how that image was going to be used. He knew that it would be used during the production of Empire and that he knew it would be used for publicity purposes. But he is talking about like merchandise for Fox Empire and he felt that he'd been led astray. Now, mind you. Nobody in association to 21 Century Fox, Disney, nor the execs from Empire have had any conversation or any comment about the entry of this lawsuit from Terrence Howard and his legal team. Um, I also assume it's about the way it got into the hands of the community. It looked like his legal team contact TMZ first, actually. And so, um, interesting enough, they also are bringing Taraji P. Henson into it, allegedly. I don't know why. I, I kind of see why, but I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of information from what um, Holly, the Hollywood Reporter um, states. 
Howard gave permission for Fox to use his likeness in connection with the series, though. And so some of y'all are going to think, OK, then what's his problem? It appears that the agreement that was grant that gr granted publicity and promotional uses to the defendant, but only if the defendant sought and obtained approval rights to imageries used. The age, the agreement did not, however, permit direct endorsement of goods and services other than that of the service. So he was not given a clear answer on royalties for goods that bared his name and likeness. And ultimately, he's not suing about violating his publicity rights nor a false endorsement. He's suing for a breach of contract and is demanding an account of monies that are associated to his image and likeness being used on anything outside of the series. It appears that the complaint continues to say that it had became clear to Howard that an image of the plaintiff was used for the logo, which was derived from a still shot, a precise frame from the Paramount motion picture Hustle and Flow, taken from a recording session series, or I'm sorry, taken from a recording session scene where the movie theme song is hard out here for a pimp is, song, is sung. The steel frame was selected reversed, meaning that the face is looking left and not right and was subject to CGI that simply distilled the cinematographer's skilled capture of the head with a vibrant light and shadow. So unfortunately, you're like, it sounds like he's only suing Fox and Disney not the executives of empire, but I would assume that they would be included too. And so in my mind, because they didn't take pitch, use a picture of Howard while he was at work as the character of Lucius Lyon, that's what he's upset about as well as the fact that you're like, okay, the picture that they're talking about on hustle and flow was Howard in it. Yes. He played the lead character DJ, who was an aspiring rapper, but also a pimp. And Taraji P. Henson was his uh, supporting lead, but his love interest. And I cannot think of the name of the character, but I'm trying to figure out, is he trying to say that Taraji P. Henson told them to use that picture because it was a better picture because it, the, character of DJ correlates more. I think the behaviors that Howard had as DJ on hustle, hustle and floor flow correlates more to who Lee wanted as Lucius Lyon. I feel like, and so the way he looked in that picture could possibly be why they use the imagery, but you never know with Hollywood in my mind. And, Anytime that Lee Daniels get caught up in the crossfire of legalities and royalties and stuff like that, he goes quiet. And it's because they say he don't ever have the money to pay. Allegedly. I don't know. It's not any of my business, but that's what they say about him um, when it comes to it. And the only example that would make me think that that was true is that he was recently having legal issues um, because of Damon Dash or Dame Dash. Dame Dash used to be a partner um, in Rockefeller Records, um, the brand that Jay-Z started from. 
and he sued Lee Daniels for a disclosed amount of money because he was an investor in I think the movie Precious and he never saw any money. And so he had to get his money back. And so I think the courts agreed with Dash as well on that. So it'll be interesting to see how this is going. Um, it, to me, they would have to bring in Paramount and the executives for Hustle and Flow. And if he's trying to redirect it to Taraji P. Henson, then she'd have to be brought into it, I guess. This is an interesting thing. It doesn't seem like they have too much information, but what Howard and his legal team are presenting to the public right now. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Let's talk about Jay-Z's new cannabis line. Um, it looks like Jay-Z is actually, for a year now, he was the chief um, branding strategist for a California-based cannabis company called Saliva. And so right now he is working with the company to create a cannabis line under the name of Monopoly. Um, no, not Monopoly, Monogram. Somebody was calling it Monopoly. I was like, hmm? Um, it's Monogram, I'm sorry. Um, it's gonna be his first marijuana line and it has a website and an Instagram that has been giving teasers about the monogram, but there, there's no specific strands or products that have been released. Been released. A press release um, states that with its careful strain selection, meticulous cultivating practices and uncompromising quality, monogram seeks to redefine what cannabis means to consumers today. Um, it's unclear if monogram products will be available in dispensaries or whether or not they will be available in California or other states where um, marijuana is legal. The company plans to launch its plans to launch the best in class e-commerce platform dedicated exclusively to its singular product line. Um, when Jay-Z joined Saliva as its chief branding strategist last July, he striked a deal with a multi-year partnership to help out with creative decisions, outreach efforts and strategy. And in addition to that, um, the rapper in this particular role is focused on social justice issues that include legalization, such as improving representation and particularly in participation of previous incarcerated people who are still being kept out of the legal weed business in large numbers. Um, in the statement, Jay-Z states, anything I do, I want to do correctly and at the highest level. With all the potential in the cannabis industry, saliva's expertise it makes them the best partners for this endeavor. Um, we want to create something amazing, have fun in the process and do good and bring people along the way. I said, um, Jay-Z is not alone in entering the legal marijuana business though. Um, Snoop Dogg had launched his Leafs by Snoop in 2015, as well as 2 Chain last year, who was partnering with Green Street Agency and Mazel Management Group, he launched his own called the Grass, I mean, I'm sorry, the Gas Cannabis Company. So a little bit everybody has a, has their hand in this legal weed business. Um, I'm wondering what it will be for the new year if the administration change, changes. I know that 
Kamala Harris has been very vocal about her approval of legalizing um, cannabis. Um, Mr. Joe, I don't really know. I don't know if he really likes it. He's see, he seems quiet about it, actually. So it will be interesting to see. We know Donald Trump and Pence, they they on board all the way. They probably have they probably have their own little thing going on for real. But I guess congratulations in order to Jay-Z. Let's get to another topic. All right, y'all. So we are in this season to try to figure out what major events are actually going to take place in 2021. And it doesn't look like the NHL is going to be giving y'all anything good next year. They're canceling all of their good shit. They said, sorry, guys, it's canceled. You're like, no. Yeah. The National Hockey League has said no to 2021 in my mind. The 2021 NHL Winter Classic, which was going to be featuring the Minnesota Wild facing the St. Louis Blues at Target Field in Minneapolis, Minnesota, was originally scheduled for January 1st, 2021. In addition, the Florida Panthers were to host the 2021 Honda NHL All-Star Weekend at the BBNT Center in Sunrise, Florida, which was originally scheduled for January 29th. Through the 30th, 2021, both events have been postponed due to the ongoing uncertainty in regards to the COVID-19 um, pandemic. The league intends to return to both Minnesota and Florida for these signature events in the near future. <clears throat> um, NHL Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Content Officer Steve Meyer says, uh, fan participation both in arenas and stadiums as well as the auxiliary Venues and events that we stage around the Winter Classic and All-Star Weekend is intricate to the success of the signature events. Uh, because of the uncertainty as to when, we be, when we'll be able to welcome our fans back to our games, we felt that the pertinent decision at this time was to postpone these celebrations until 2022, when our fans should be able to enjoy and celebrate these tentpole events in person as they were always intended. Uh, we also are, are considering several new and creative events that will allow our fans to engage with our games and teams during the upcoming season. So it looks like they're going to probably do some virtual stuff for their fans in 2021. But know that the Winter Classic and the All-Star Weekend is not taking place, you guys. Um, in the beginning, in the beginning of the year, in January, they are canceling it until 2022. Um, before I go, I wanted to share another fact or fiction because I actually had to go watch this movie to understand why this rumor is being said. And after I watched the movie, it edified the rumor more than it did debunk it. So let me get into it. This movie called Bad Hair. It is currently streaming on Hulu. Apparently has. I'm going to say ill intent. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say ill intent, but the movie is a horror movie for one. 
But a person said, well, it, it was horrifying to the people that were involved. But apparently this movie is more of a real life situation, allegedly, than it is fictitious. I'm going to call it what literary uh, people call it to be historical fiction. It has real life intent to it, but they made a fictitious presentation out of it. But people are saying, no, this is somebody's life. And apparently somebody is trying to come after Viacom CBS, the Johnson family in its entirety. Apparently the ones that have been in business. And so this is Johnson hair products. Um, they were based in Chicago. So they, the product that I remember my family using specifically was the Ultra Sheen products for women. And then you have the Johnson Publishing who handled Ebony and Jet. And then you have the BET Johnsons, uh, the Black Entertainment TV Johnsons. And apparently um, Bevy Smith's name was bought into it. If you're not familiar with Bevy Smith, Bevy Smith is a... In her heyday, she was probably one of the bigger known names in the entertainment editorial world that focused on music. Um, it was uh, to me, it was really all music, not just black music. But currently she is a part of Cyrus XM, um, the Radio Andy channel and her show, I think it's called Bevelations. And she also is an author. And so. The statement is being made is that everybody that was associated to this bad hair movie was coming after the three entities that I just mentioned for some reason. They said everybody that was associated to this movie, whether they were talent or production, <clears throat> had some kind of ill will against Viacom, CBS, the Johnson family and or Bevy Smith. What bothered me the most is that I had seen a picture of Miss Bevy at, in her youth and the girl who plays this character reminds me of her um and so I thought oh, okay and so as we continue to go through the movie I'm not going to give you too much about it I want you guys to go watch it and tell me I'm wrong but it do look like there is a diss in it and that there's possibilities of it being true and for me the only way that you're going to actually know if this is some kind of throw to diss Viacom, CBS, the Johnson family and Bevy Smith is that you are a person who is familiar with pop culture in the conversation of of black music, black media or really just uh, music culture, to be honest with you. Um, I took it hard because there was people in there that I thought, OK, you have a problem with these people. And then I'm trying to figure out who funded it because that's what I was trying to figure out. And I couldn't tell who funded it at all. The guy who wrote it was a guy named Justin Simeon. And to me, it was a really good, it was a really good movie, but I was like, what is your intent? Because you are the spokesperson of it. And so what did the three entities do to you? Or is this a very bad rumor? But it seems that somebody is telling some kind of tale that created the manifestation of the screenplay that is being presented in Bad Hair. Um, it would be intriguing to hear what some of you guys got to say about the movie. Again, the movie is called Bad Hair. And I want you guys to let me know, is it fact or fiction that this movie is subliminally talking badly about Viacom, the Johnson family who handled 
the hair products, the publishing company, and the and Black Entertainment TV, BET, and Bevy Smith. Now, you guys, that's all I got today. This is the end of the podcast. Again, I thank you for listening to me. I'll catch y'all next week. God willing. Bye-bye now.